Welcome to the Facilitation Studio. I'm your author and reader, John Sunar, a design strategist and facilitator based in Edinburgh, Scotland. Number two, five essential elements of successful workshop facilitation and how to start including them in your work today. Welcome to the second issue of the Facilitation Studio. Today, I'm going to run you through five top tips for successful workshops. These should be super actionable, and I hope you can immediately put them into play. Number one is define your intent. Before you begin planning your workshop, defining your intent is essential. What do you hope to achieve through this workshop? By specifying your intent, you can stay focused and on track. Your intent shapes the critical questions you'll address and the outcomes you'll create. And we'll touch on both of those things later in the series. A good intent provides flexibility and suggests multiple ways of achieving it. It focuses on what you'll do next, not what you will have done. For example, a lousy intent might be create a customer journey map showing pain points and opportunity spaces. This states a deliverable and it doesn't articulate what will be done with it. A good intent, on the other hand, might be by the end of this session, we'll share key pain points in our customers' experience and prioritised areas for investment with the executive team. Despite having the same potential outcome, it articulates the actual value you'll be creating. It also gives you more room to flex if your planned approach isn't bringing you to the conclusion you need. Top tip. Complete the following sentence and write it on top of your agenda as the introduction to your invite and on the wall of your room during the workshop. By the end of this session, we will be able to dot, dot, dot. Complete the sentence. Number two. Choose your collaborators. The next step is to choose your collaborators. Who are the people that can help you achieve your intent? You can have the best prepared, best design workshop in the world, but if you have the wrong people, you'll never be able to achieve your intent. So we live in the real world and you're sometimes not going to be able to get those people. So this is a two-way street. In those instances, you'll need to rewrite your intent based on the people who will be attending your session. If you don't change your intent to something achievable with the people who are going to be in the room, you're setting yourself up to fail, but even worse, you're setting a room full of collaborators up to fail too. Top tip. Something that can help you net the right people is articulating the skills and experience or knowledge you want at the session and highlighting why it's important rather than focusing on individuals' names. Then ask people to take responsibility for those areas. This shows the value that they can bring and allows them to buy in, deputise or opt out without losing face. So you might send out an email which says we need someone with skill, knowledge, experience to what value will they bring? Name, we'd love you to be this person or suggest someone else. Number three. Tune your tools. Once you have your team in place, it's time to tune your tools. I'll talk another time about the difference between tools, methods and processes, but for now, let's assume a tool is a single activity you're going to do with your collaborators to move the workshop forward towards your intent. Maybe it's drawing a journey map together or, or a silent brainstorm. Different people, teams and organisations will all react differently to the same stimulus or tool. So finding activities that engage your specific group of collaborators is essential. 
using metaphors and terminology relevant to your organization is the quickest level of tuning you can do. If you're using a classic tool like the sailboat metaphor, but working for an aviation company, making that sailboat into a plane might engage people more. Top tip. If you're using tools like those in the Hyperisland toolbox or a mirror template, align the language with how your collaborators will think by carefully using find and replace. Things like the word customers refers to different stakeholders in a B2B or, or B2C environment. So aligning your language beforehand will save you questions and confusion during the session. Next, practice makes perfect. First up, it's super, super important to do a dry run of your workshop in a low stakes environment. Like any prototyping, this doesn't have to be a full blown session. It can be anything from a walkthrough with a key sponsor to practicing your patter with a colleague. Make sure you can explain what you want your collaborators to do clearly, that you're using their language and that your words relate directly to any materials they'll be using. This will help you articulate your ideas more clearly and ensure that your tools and activities are effective. Secondly, you sometimes need to practice a technique with your collaborators in the workshop to help them understand what you want to be achieving. Not all good things are easy and allowing everyone to practice can massively increase confidence within your team, especially if you're going to be using the process to make high stakes decision. Top tip. When practicing in a live workshop or before meeting collaborators, it's important to simulate an environment that reflects the audience's knowledge of the end subject. For example, when conducting a prioritization workshop, I often have participants prioritize criteria for a specific piece of stationery. This approach provides a relatable experience for everyone. It often elicits surprisingly polarized opinions, and it's just a little bit silly, which encourages team bonding. The more guesswork you introduce into the practice run, so the further it is from reality, the less insight people will gain. Next, tie up loose ends. Finally, make sure to tie up loose ends within your session. Your workshop is a story. If someone puts energy and time into that story, but doesn't understand how it contributes to the conclusion, they'll feel like they wasted that time. Sometimes your plan will change and outputs created early in the workshop won't directly contribute to the overall success. But these evolutions should be celebrated, not hidden. Calling them out validates the individual involved and shows how you, as a facilitator, evolved the session to meet the context and achieve your intent by doing so. Top tip. Dedicate the last 15 minutes of the session to a walkthrough where you acknowledge everyone's input and ensure they haven't misunderstood anything. I like to record this as a video and it's become my go-to reference. Hearing it all spoken aloud gives people space to reflect, correct any misunderstandings and see how the story you've woven comes together, even sections that they might not have been a direct part of. And we're done. I hope you found these tips helpful and super actionable. Stay tuned for the next issue of the Facilitation Studio where we'll cover five common pitfalls and how to avoid them. Until then, happy facilitating. Subscribe to this ongoing series from the Facilitation Studio and let's improve the quality of the collaborative environments you create.